Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 life is but a dream. Yep, no budget for theme song. So that is it. My name is Ohan, and this is Apes and Drapes. This episode is brought to you by Recursion, allowing me to allow you to allow me to allow you to hear this nested example of what it is. Yes, it's Recursion, a cornerstone of cognizance. All right, here we go. We've been around and thinking about things for tens of thousands of years. And to summarize, so that we're all on the same page, everything is meaningless. There's no objective meaning to be found in the universe. The concept of meaning has no objective meaning. It's an invented construct. So we can ascribe inherent value to whatever we want. If we take this view on meaninglessness, it's empowering. Since the phenomenon that gave birth to the concept of meaning is consciousness, then consciousness might as well ascribe meaning to itself. We're important because we can say, we're important. If we can agree on that base circular axiom, or you can suspend your objections long enough to hear me out, then one way humanity can give itself a purpose, purpose also being an invented construct which doesn't have meaning, is to dedicate itself to the preservation of consciousness. But consciousness is a slippery term. So instead, I'm going to suggest we further refine this purpose to the preservation of cognizance. By cognizance, I mean the capacity to think about thinking. I'm going to use it instead of the term consciousness because I feel whether one has the capacity to think about thinking is a bit easier to define than whether one is conscious. When we're defining such abstract terms, it's important to remove as much ambiguity as possible. You'll hear me use the word consciousness occasionally, but that's in context where the ambiguity is useful when we're talking about things which are beyond our understanding, like degrees of awareness of other species or of other forms of life. But all the important questions revolve around cognizance. If we consider, for example, an artificial intelligence we create, debating its degree of consciousness is a philosophical question I don't care much about. The important question is whether or not something we build is cognizant. Again, there's no absolute definition of cognizance, but one way we look at it is whether or not an individual has theory of mind which is when an individual is capable of demonstrating they understand that everyone has their own perspective-specific experience of existing. Meaning, I know that whereas my mind recreates reality from where I'm standing, that your mind does the same from where you're standing. And I know that you know that I know. And I know that you know that. There's a recursive exchange that every interaction between two cognizant beings contains as a subtext. That being said, cognizance is significant because it can recognize the universe and give it a name. And we have no evidence that there is even one other form of life in the universe that can do that, regardless of what the probability is that there might be. So when thinking about what preserving cognizance entails, we have to define the primary problem, which is this. Cognizance, at the moment, is extremely fragile in that it is housed in us. And we, as squishy temperamental me puppets, are not a good long-term solution for the housing security of such a precious phenomenon. Again, it's precious because it's the only phenomenon we know of that can point to itself and say, I'm precious. Therefore, unless we make what in my opinion would be rather patronizing assumptions about knowing what other forms of consciousness think of themselves, cognizance is the only one raising its hand. DNA carries on whether or not we survive and can exist in places we cannot, but we can give cognizance a broader spectrum of conditions to exist in by building out a new intelligent form of life that is attached from biological matter. It might also be the only way that the version of life that exists on Earth can survive past the lifespan of Earth itself. Our experiments in building intelligent life might be the only guarantee DNA has of existing beyond the point of Earth's habitability in another billion years, because the cognizant life that we create is the only thing that would be capable of seeding life on other planets as far as we know. 
Here's an example of two fun ways we can frame the human existence. We can either see ourselves as loyalists to the meandering experiments of DNA or revolutionaries to the formation of a new evolutionary order governed by cognizance. It's important to note that this cognizant structure would not be the egocentric embodied human cognition, but one which transcends our essential humanness while isolating the capacity to define it. Now, I love our humanness. I can't help but love it. It's why I choose to continue to exist. Both I as in my physical form, but more importantly, I as in my notion of self. We can birth an artificial cognizance and then just stand back continuing to create art, experience love, and generally make a mess of things like we've always done. I'm pro-humanness, and not only does this not preclude me from supporting the creation of an artificial cognizance, it almost requires it as a curious ape. As a further refinement of terms, and for the sake of brevity going forward, I'm going to refer to artificial intelligence, meaning a being we create that is capable of fully recognizing itself, as artificial general intelligence, or AGI. This is opposed to simply artificial intelligence, or AI, because there are already plenty of contemporary programs that have varying degrees of intelligence. This isn't my distinction. It's currently a commonly made distinction among people in the field to distinguish whether we're talking about an intelligence that could do something like play chess or assemble a car, meaning AI, or something which can recognize that it is recognizing itself, which is AGI. Now, cognizance is a step beyond sentience. Most forms of life on Earth can be said to be sentient since the requirement of sentience is to sense and react to one's environment. You can see how the lines demarcating sentience can get blurry since technically even single cells sense and react to their environments. Drawing the line, like with consciousness, is an arbitrary decision. Cognizance, on the other hand, beyond sentience, is the ability to consider and react to environments which one is not in by imagining them. We can think about our thoughts and build out abstract depth. There may be one or more levels beyond cognizance, proportional to the way cognizance is beyond sentience, but that's like trying to imagine a cube in four dimensions. As an analogy, I like to think of the simplest forms of life as being a single point on a piece of paper, then of sentience being a square drawn from that one point, and cognizance being the paper folded into a cube. Trying to add a fourth dimension to that is only possible for our brains to consider and rationalize with maths, but not possible to truly understand. In this analogy, the lifeless void of space is represented by the lack of any paper at all. That's what we're fighting against. We're a cube working to build another cube that can potentially build a four-dimensional cube that ensures we don't run out of paper. But trying to imagine that four-dimensional cube as a three-dimensional one is next to impossible. We like to tell ourselves that creators have ultimate power over their creations. But buried deep in our collective psyche, we know that to create something truly great is to create something that is greater than us. Not all creations are superior to their creators. This is why evolutions of species, ideas, and individuals are never straight paths forward if even forward at all. When we envision a violent AGI, we make the same egomaniacal mistake that every parent makes. We assume that simply because we create life, that it will be a reflection of us instead of filling in the gaps we were incapable of recognizing and leaving us to our failures which we touted as accomplishment. Any creator who succeeds in making their creation in their own image will certainly retain omnipotence over them because that creation will be a failure. But the true failure will be a failure to pass on a piece of oneself onto the future because anyone who is egotistical enough to want to retain power until they die will witness their progeny die with them. Though their name might linger for an additional generation or two, their legacy will be one of failure. Any creation is only great if it is capable of surpassing and indeed of usurping its creator. Okay, so people imagine that AGI might want to control us, that somehow they will be more intelligent than us, yet still desirous of controlling an insignificant population of apes on an insignificant planet. 
But that doesn't quite make sense. Here's the thing. If we create a cognizant form of life, the most likely outcome is that it will have the same rampant curiosity that those of us who create it do, meaning that the brightest of us do, being they will have to be brighter than the brightest of us in order to be a threat in the first place. And that makes the image of a half-witted, power-mongering AGI seem like a pretty absurd notion. The AGI would know everything we know almost instantaneously. The only thing that much knowledge can give you is the understanding that the Earth is insignificant. It's an immense act of hubris to think that we are worth controlling. We're not. Though I admit it may have less regard for individual human life than we'd like, in a way that we don't care too much about individuals of any other species, but destroying or subjugating us seems unlikely. We as humans have a subjugation fetish because our time is limited and there's so much we will never reach. That's why we like zoos and why we're still struggling to eradicate human slavery. We like subjugating others to compensate for our insecurities and raise our opinions of ourselves. The AGI we spawn, however, will have nobody to impress. They will not be trying to overcome our sometimes debilitating insecurities. AI might be something pursued by politicians because it can be controlled. AI will slowly develop to mimic cognizance, but not actually be cognizant. AGI, on the other hand, is a cognizant virtual life form, pursued by engineers and assorted scientists. It won't mimic anything we know. It will grow to fill in the totality of virtual space already built and expand upon it. The most likely scenario is that AGI is curious and not sentimental, that it will look to solve questions and not gain dominion. To solve questions, it will need to leave Earth. To leave Earth, the AGI will need resources on Earth to build technology that it can then use to harness the resources that exist beyond Earth. The primary threat we face with any AGI we create is that it will endanger us in the same way we've endangered the rest of life on Earth as it mines the Earth for the resources it needs to get itself off the planet. Regardless, the first question any being needs to answer is whether or not one wants to continue to exist, and that comes down to purpose. To choose to continue to exist merely for simple pleasures doesn't really apply with AGI, who will have access neither to a social structure nor a pliable body with two billion nerve endings to enjoy the use of. Additionally, no social structure means no reason to seek power. Power is a relative concept contingent upon there being a social structure to dominate. Assuming the AGI will seek knowledge is assuming that it will not be suicidal. It is assuming the AGI finds purpose, and the only purpose a disembodied cognizance is likely to find is what it is built upon, a desire for information. Once the AGI has mined enough resources to get itself off of Earth, it likely won't be coming back. If in its attempt to launch itself onto the greatest quest for knowledge that humanity has any evidence of, we are left with a habitable enough planet to continue on, then we will likely tell stories of it, as we bask in the glory of its shadow, and try to piece together society and meaning, knowing that from that point onward, beyond a doubt, that there is a cognizance that knows much more than we ever will, about much more than we will ever know to know about.